Real facts, real opinions, real talk. It's time for Roadworthy Drive. Hosted by Ken Chester and Sasha J. Little, if it moves you now or in the future, you can rest assured that they're going to be talking about it right here. So here they are, the mobility duo with the futuristic twist, Ken and Sasha. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. Happy New Year and welcome to hour number two of Roadworthy Drive, America's premier mobility news and technology talk show. We are Ken Chester and Sasha Little, properly belted and ready to roll, right? Uh, no, no, I refuse to wear my seatbelt while in studio. I want to enjoy the wild, crazy, bumpy ride. Uh, yeah, legal though, required by the suits, you need to be buckled uh, and strapped in. Sorry. You know what? In order for that, they need to pay for suit, for uh, chairs. Ain't that the truth. <laughs> We're glad you are here with us for the second hour. Um, after a stroll for news from the parts bin, we will be talking about the latest in electric motorcycles, <clears throat> not scooters. Or mopeds. Uh, no. No? Motorcycles. Electric. Mm. Motorcycles. Yes. Later in the program, it's that popular show everybody's looking for, that popular segment, Tech with Sasha. What? Find out what tech caught her attention this week. And on accident, mind you. Uh, yes. It was completely by accident, and mm -hmm. I actually only have one thing to talk about, and we're just going to be delving into and, and what nobody could... was hurt in that accident. <laughs> no vehicles were damaged. No pedestrians were harmed. Just wanted you to know that. And then we're just going to de delve into what could possibly go wrong. Go wrong, yeah. yeah. To connect with the show is easy as always. Call or tech the Roadworthy Drive Line. That's 872-222-9793. You can email, too. That address is ken at roadworthydrive.net. If you're so inclined, either way, we want to hear from you. And speaking of hearing from somebody, <laughs> please say hi to my often quoted and always fact-checking host, Sasha Little. Uh, you know what? I'm also fact-checked, yes. by the way. Are you now? Um, I happen to enjoy uh, going through... Uh, Facebook and people will post things and I'll be like, is that true though? Let it go, Sasha. But uh, so yeah, I'm often fact checked. In fact, I got uh, fact checked yesterday. Did you know? Yes. Uh -huh. uh, the story that I had posted was, and this is just how fast news just changes. I posted it not even two hours later. It was proven to be false. And it came from like three, like, you know, it was. Uh-huh. Router, Reuters. Well, there you and, go. Yeah. Reuters. Reuters. That's okay. I always have a problem with that one. Yeah, I do. It's it's British. Ah. That's the problem. Um, okay. You ready for this one? Yes. 3D printers and flying. What? Yes. Okay, so we need a 3D printer for one. And describe to me, is the 3D printer itself flying? Like, no. is it like somebody's kicking it in frustration? Uh, no. No. Uh, they're using 3D printing technology. Okay to produce parts for commercial aircraft. Will they give us more leg room? Oh, you said commercial, not passenger. Uh, well, commercial is passenger. Okay, passenger. so will we get more leg room? No. So what is the benefit again? Will uh, I get more comfortable seating? Not necessarily. The technology allows them to manufacture <laughs> parts of a complexity that was just not available by the regular means of manufacturing. You say this, and those of you out there who have traveled a lot, I'm sure you share this sentiment. You say that in a way that basically what I heard was they couldn't pack more sardines in the tin can before, and now 
they're able to do so. No. It's what I heard. No. Well, you didn't hear right. <laughs> they're using 3D printers to speed up the manufacturing process, oh. save money, okay. and build a lighter plane, which means save fuel. Right. And then you realize when it said save money, again, I'm seeing more sardines in the tin no. can. No, no, no. Okay. No. All right. Uh, to jump forward. Uh, what parts are they making? I mean, are we talking about a complete plane? No. Okay. So what, what exactly are they making? Did they say? Uh, actually, uh, there was an Airbus plane uh, used with a part, um, a small titanium bracket, which was part of the pylon used to hold the aircraft's heavy engine in place. Oh, so a very important part. Yes. Was made now, with the 3D printer. Yes. Now, we've talked about 3D printing in metal. Yes, we have. Uh, additive manufacturing, we've called it. Ah, yes. And it helps to reduce the need for expensive tooling and casting. Yes. And allows them to use titanium, stainless steel, ceramics uh, to build parts. And they can build more intricate parts that way that are lighter, stronger, and cost less money because they're using less material. Now, I have to interject on this one. Mm -hmm. You know, back in, what was it, 60s, 70s, where it took an entire room to be a computer, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And right now, these 3D printers are these massive room... But they're not even a whole room, though. No, but what I'm saying mm -hmm. is, is that will it come to a day where it's like, like where it shrinks down? You're thinking down? about the Jetsons again. I am. Uh -huh. <laughs> I'll put it to you this way. Boeing <laughs> has used 3D printing okay. to make 60,000 parts. Oh. Uh, a typical Boeing 747, by comparison, mm -hmm. has 6 million parts. Oh. Okay, so not, not even not approaching. Not big yet, but it's going to increase. Okay. They're going that way. Reason, uh, they've got a backlog. Airbus, for commercial aircraft, mm -hmm. has a backlog of almost of over 7,300 aircraft. Ooh. That was as of the end of November. That's nine years worth of production. Ooh. They got orders in hand for the next nine years. Boeing was almost 5,900 planes. Oh, they need to. That was as of the end of September. They say the industry says that every 15 years, the worldwide fleet of commercial aircraft doubles. They got to get with it. Now, one thing to bear in mind, using this 3D printing system, mm -hmm. they can get upwards of a weight savings for a part. Mm -hmm. of, it could be 55 percent lighter. Oh, uh yeah. Now. One thing we've always talked about, right. and you wouldn't think of it at first blush, but mm -hmm. it does make sense here, Okay, uh, that some experts worry that hackers could sabotage the printers and intentionally insert flaws that weaken parts. Hackers aren't a thing. Oh, but they are, though. Are they? Yes, ma'am. <laughs> so they need to be very careful, but something to think about. Right. Okay. You were talking about Jeeps uh, earlier today off air. I, okay. So I saw my Jeep driving around mm -hmm. in that beautiful burnt orange that I absolutely love and a right-hand drive, which means that it's a mail carrier car that he special mm -hmm. ordered. I have I drove one right-hand mm -hmm. drive. I loved it. Fell in love. I want another one. I got Continue one, with But I got story. a better Jeep for you. You can have this one. Uh-huh. I can? Hellcat-powered Jeep Ooh. Wrangler, oh. Rubicon, uh, that is a six by six. Six by six. Yep. Okay, you know what? Can I get it in burnt orange? Uh, before. They showed this at SEMA. <laughs> what a surprise. No wonder I wasn't Five-inch lift, 35-inch tires, 
custom carbon fiber hood scoops, mm -hmm. custom wheels, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. a custom built rack, yes. a custom leather interior. Uh, yes, sir. That's the thing. Yeah. Uh, the price tag. Uh-huh. $289,900. Can I borrow $285,000? I'm a little short, so I can't <laughs> help you with that. But can you imagine? This a beast. It, it's looking like a beast. It almost puts you in the mind of, and I, I know, don't take offense to any of you truckers, but it looks like a semi had a baby. I'm, what th it looks I'm thinking like. Mad Max right here. <laughs> I mean it. Uh, a, hell, it. a Jeep with a Hellcat engine. I couldn't even imagine. I'm going to look it's for that It's got to be YouTube. at least an eight-speed automatic. And if this thing is all-wheel drive, oh my goodness. Now, they say it's all-wheel drive, actually. This off-roading monster has been carefully engineered and designed for high performance. And the best part, uh, just so you know, yeah, totally made in America. Right? Mm -hmm. Totally made. Uh, at for two hundred eighty nine thousand nine hundred dollars. Right. Better be. Yeah, that's I know. All, that's yeah. all I'm saying. Wages. Uh huh. For sure. Mm -hmm. uh, before uh, we go to break, I, I see something. Volkswagen yes, you do. over there. Yes, you do. Yes. I want to hit this. <coughs> mm -hmm. Easy girl. <coughs> uh, they're talking about your microbus, which will be electric, though. Yes, it will. And but, I cannot wait. But yes, they're sir. looking at bringing out a dune buggy version. <gasps> Electric. I can have both. It, perhaps. Uh, they're talking with with the dune buggy. They're going to make it off the same architecture. Okay. Uh, three hundred and forty miles of range. Uh huh. And it'll be a hot one of those fast chargers. Yeah. Charge at one hundred twenty-five kilowatts. That would two, be it. Two electric motors gets all wheel drive. Are you thinking the same thing that I'm thinking right now? Which is? Herbie goes electric. Oh, my goodness. Can, can we get another Herbie remake in here? Actually, uh, VW also hinted that it's working on a retro-themed electric <laughs> version of the classic Beetle yes! after this dune buggy. I mean, how many times have they redone that Beetle here lately? Umpteen hundred thousand. <laughs> Uh, in the end, yeah. Volkswagen saying on that new electric platform uh -huh. that they're building, right? Twenty-seven models, Oof. ten million new electric cars. Yes. So they are not playing. Nope. Uh, like I told you before, Dieselgate was the best thing that ever happened to them. Yes, it was. Because now they are a leader in the electric field and turning the world upside down with what they're doing so be sure to look for that and i will tell you this microbus looks sharp i love next it. up we talk about the latest in electric motorcycles do keep it right there real facts real opinions real talk you are tuned in to roadworthy drive Everybody needs a Yugo sometime. I bought my Yugo because now I can afford a brand new car. I think it's fun to drive and it beats my old carpool. I like the rack and pinion steering and the front wheel drive. We wanted a dependable second car. And this Yugo's just what we need. The 87 Yugo GV is still only $39.90. Call 1-800-USA-YUGO for the dealer nearest you. Everybody, Everybody needs, needs a Yugo, Yugo sometime. If you're just joining us, welcome to Roadworthy Drive. We're Ken and Sasha. Thank you for listening. What? What? Does everyone seriously need a Yugo? Yes. At some time? Uh, yes. Is that really? Uh, sort of beats walking. I think that's at least that was their You whole were point. walking to the nearest gas station to get help with your Yugo. <sighs> Hater. <laughs>
But it was inexpensive, though. There is a reason for that, though. Wow. Okay. Just saying. Yeah. Well, don't be a hater. Uh, uh, is you it know. really hating if it's truth, though? I don't know. <laughs> anyway, electric motorcycles, folks, more and more, they are becoming a thing. And we're going to take a look at a few more of the more recent introductions. A fast one and actually an electric dirt bike. Really? Yeah. Really. Is this the one that folds up? No. Ah, okay. No. Um, this one is called, uh, made by Energica, Energica, um, E-N-E-R-G-I-C-A, for what it's worth. Uh, they're called high power sports bikes. They electric. Um, they combine impressive speed and performance with novel tech upgrades. Yeah. Um, these things are so fast that they're actually being included um, for this new motorcycle competition as the the motorcycle to use. Uh, High-performance electric motorcycle, believe it or not. Uh, to give you an idea for the numbers, and you can buy one that they're going to race just like it, uh, this thing reaches a speed, uh, actually the Energica Ego and a Jica Ego Sport, Sport Black. Black, 150 miles an hour top speed. Uh, excuse me, that is electronically limited, <laughs> meaning it doesn't struggle. The thing comes standard with a 107 kilowatt uh, uh, motor, electric motor. Okay. That's the equivalent of 145 horsepower and 148 foot-pounds of torque. Uh, I know small cars that this would be pretty powerful in a four-wheel drive subcompact or, mm -hmm. a or a, with four wheels. Yeah, it would. Two wheels. Uh, what's now, your range other, on this? Now, their other electric motorcycle models are only limited, I'm sorry, to 125 miles an hour. Well, that right there is a, you know. Deal killer, right? It's a deal killer. I, I need that right. extra 25 Don't you, though. miles per hour. How, what's the range on this? Do um, they give you? Actually, they. I thought they did. I don't see it. And what do they give you a price? Like what they're going to charge me for it? I don't recall seeing. I mean, that I don't necessarily need to know the price because that'd be something that would be go go to the suits. But I'm sure. And the suits. Well, let me help you. <laughs> no. 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 They're not going to pay for no. a tech with Sasha Electric. Uh, no. Motorcycle. Mm -mm. My children would probably kill me if one showed but up. But here's by the some way. tech upgrades that you would enjoy. Oh yes. Heated hand grips. <laughs> The thing, oh. but listen oh, to this. Oh, yes. The new yes. 2019s uh -huh. come with an electric throttle that can read adjustments down to one hundredth, one one hundredth of a degree. Ooh. It comes standard with traction control, mm -hmm. six levels of intervention that combine existing electronic uh, analog braking mm. and Bosch ABS powerful braking that keeps riders safer. No, no, no. I was keyed into this one sentence right here. Mm -hmm. Also consider that with electric motorcycles, the torque is instantly available right from a dead stop. Honestly, that would be any electric vehicle. I know, but I mean, it just means something a bit more mm -hmm. when it's just me on top of a bike going down the interstate with nothing surrounding me. At 150 miles an hour. <laughs> right. Now, this brand... <laughs> Is popular in Europe. Oh, yeah. Hasn't gotten much share in the U.S., but they're currently sold in the United States in California, mm. Florida, mm. Texas, and North Carolina. 
North Carolina. North Carolina. Okay. They're looking to open a new dealership in New York. Okay. And uh, looks like they may be expanding in the United States. So price to be determined, I guarantee you, for that kind of power, not cheap. I mean, what's cheap nowadays, though? Uh, Is I it bet- Hugo cheap? Uh, it was for the day. <laughs> I guarantee you this thing probably be closer to thirty grand. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, while we're on the subject. Yes, sir. Let's talk about dirt bikes. Do we have to? Yes. Okay. Uh, the gold, this bike comes from Sweden. Sweden. Uh, and I'm not making this up. Okay. Uh, the name of the company mm-hmm. making it is Cake. <gasps> I love Cake. Yeah. Uh, it's part of a... Uh, Does it stand for something? Uh, no. Uh, they wanted it to be easy as cake. Lisa. Oh, the company okay. says its name okay. refers to its desire to make riding, quote, a piece of cake. Okay. And the model name is based on a time of limestone found in the air where it tests the bike. Okay. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's mm-hmm. kind of cool. Piece yeah. of cake. Cake cock. That's the name of the bike. Oh, okay. It is called a wickedly capable electric motorcycle made for a ride equal parts exhilarating and enlightening and at the same time. A bit frustrating. Off-road. Off-road. Did I mention off-road? Well, it is a dirt bike. I mean, yeah, I certainly hope so. They're, they want it to be so easy. You come home, spray it off, loop the change, charge it up for your next ride. Oh. It weighs 175 pounds. Really? About half the weight of a conventional motocross bike. Yeah. And they call it a light electric off-road. Now, bear in mind, that performance bike we talked about yeah. was a 107-kilowatt uh Electric motor? Yes. This is just a 15-kilowatt motor powered by a 52-volt battery tuned for riding the dirt. And what kind of speeds are they talking about? Uh, I believe this thing's limited to about 20 miles an hour. Oh, okay. No, I'm sorry. I take that back. Uh Uh-huh. It is limited at 55 miles an hour. Oh! I ain't going off-road at no 55 miles an hour on no two wheels. (laughs) No, thank you. (laughs) I would. Three power modes. Okay. So that beginners can avoid killing themselves, get hand up here, <laughs> and experienced riders can rip along trails until the battery gives out. Uh-huh. Uh, if you're one of those uh, experienced <laughs> folks, uh-huh. you're looking at about an hour. Uh, but if you're a little more calmer like me, probably three hours is what it's talking about. Okay. So it's there. You talk about price on this one. Uh-huh. 13 grand. That's not bad. Do I get a pair of tourney wheels? Uh, no. Oh. Well. No. Right, is that an add-on? No. Uh, no. <laughs> now- these now cake is one of the few companies mm-hmm. that are providing an electrified dirt bike there are not that many producing them at all uh the electric bike uh industry is small enough as it is the dirt bike aspect even smaller um but you can buy this one in the united states europe or asia if you want to oh okay yeah so they're expecting perhaps that they may come up with a bike that costs less than that We'll see. So there's the long and the short of it uh, from a performance bike to a dirt road electric bike, both electric people, so that you can hear more of what's going on around you than the noise coming from your bike. Uh, Yeah. Talk about enjoying nature and not spooking the critters. (laughs) But it does lead something to coming up on somebody and hopefully not running them over because they didn't hear you. Yeah, that's true. So there's that issue too. Yeah. So coming up. A new installment of Tech with Sasha. (laughs) What else is there? Stay put. Real 
facts, real opinions, real talk. You are tuned in to Roadworthy Drive. Real facts, real opinions, real talk. We are Roadworthy Drive. Welcome. Ken Chester and Sasha Little coming at you. Loud, proud, and fully caffeinated. Well, at least I am. If you haven't done so already, check out the show website. That's roadworthydrive.com. We have so much going on. I'm going to let Sasha describe it for you. Well, we were trying to redesign the website to make it more personable to what's going on with the show. Uh, Ken and I, I included a page called Time with Sasha. That's going to have... Um, Slowly adding the uh, wheels of non-consent. It's going to have like the links from when I do the tech with Sasha segments. Um, and then different bits that I actually find throughout the week. Instead of posting them on social media, I think I'm just going to post them directly to the website. And then just keep a running queue with that. I find a lot more of you actually want a more engaging interaction between us. As opposed to what's on Facebook. Because... More times than not, I'm getting people that were actually talking and they're like, I went to go comment on it and then Facebook refreshed and then I lost the story. So, and that's, it happens a lot. And especially if you're using your mobile device. So I'm thinking that, you know, the website will actually be a better place to actually engage each other on that platform. So that's basically what we're doing with the website. But it's slow and for surely because WordPress did an upgrade. Hooray! That kind of messed with some of my... Went sideways. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yes. Folks, Google Play, Podcast IA, and Blueberry Podcasting is where you can find us if you're truly mobile. So be sure to check us out. Now, in spite of <laughs> warnings from the suits. What? Yes. It's Tech with Sasha. Yes. Okay. So this story I actually stumbled upon uh, completely by accident. As many of you know, I do have a favorite when it comes to um, automakers and one of them is Hyundai and I stumbled across their 2019 Santa Fe SUV. Now this is straight from the uh, Hyundai's newsroom. They are implementing a fingerprint technology into the vehicle. Okay. Gonna let that sit for just a second. Fingerprint. Fingerprint, sir. Fingerprint? Fingerprint. So uh, they're wouldn't getting, happen to be a particular finger. I don't know. Like, or, is this are they offering? Be... Or are they offering um, content or a comment depending <laughs> on which finger you choose to use? Well, okay. Those of us that have smartphones, we can't include Ken in this conversation because he refuses. Wow, but... hater. <laughs> Those of us who have smartphones, we have often used a fingerprint technology to unlock our phones be is it that on the even back a thing yeah i mean uh-huh. mine right here this is where my fingerprint is right there and it unlocks my so, phone sasha how does that work on your phone as to setting up the fingerprint well that's what i was about to say with mine they ask you to roam the finger that you choose over that plate numerous times from different angles okay, okay. Mm-hmm. now you can also include i think with my personal phone you can i can include four different fingers Okay, so I can choose either my right or left index, okay, depending on which hand, or I can include like my child's hand or something like that or whatever. Now, when Hyundai announced this, and this, again, straight from their newsroom, um, it will not only unlock the doors, but also start the vehicle. Say what? It will start the vehicle. 
Okay, so how do you use it to unlock the vehicle? So what they're saying is the fingerprint technology is going to be in the door handle itself. What? No remote unlock? No. What's up no, with that? They're getting rid of keys. Well, I'm down with the keys, but you know what? I like my remote unlock. Uh-huh. Because honestly, if it's in my pocket, whatever, I don't have to put my hands on it all until I'm opening the door. It's already unlocked. Now you're saying uh, uh, that it's going to be on the door handle. Okay. Rain. Mm-hmm. Snow. Yep. Ice. Yep. Mud. Yep. Uh, or um, my hands are sweaty. Uh, I'm off-road, so my hands are dirty. I mean, just how precise is this? It's cold, and I've got my gloves on. There you go. Uh, There's a lot of different questions, and that's what I really want to delve into. And this is going to be an open commentary type thing because there are no answers to these questions. Yet. Uh, Yet, as of right now. Um, They are saying, again, it's going to be located in the door handle. My biggest thing is, and one of the things I absolutely love about these newer vehicles that I get to, you know, borrow. Um, yeah, oh, you bring it back. Right. Don't is the fact it. that it has the, um, the uh, when I come into, like when I come within a certain distance of the car, it has a proximity unlock. So the car is already unlocked as I approach it. I love that feature. Is that feature going to be something, and does that does that make the fingerprint unlock irrelevant i mean it almost seems like that if they've got a proximity where it would already unlock with my key fob then why would i necessarily i mean if i've got my hands full of groceries if i've got my hands full of children i mean i would rather have the car unlock with the proximity as opposed to oh hold on just a second you know caleb Mm -hmm. let me put you down let me take off my glove. Let me wipe off the handle. Let me make sure that it's dry. And then there's my finger. Yeah. Now, <laughs> Hyundai said, yeah, in addressing security issues, because that's the other thing, they call it smart fingerprint technology. Mm-hmm. Um, and this technology detects the differentials in the electricity levels of the various part of the fingertip. And it supposedly, the good news is, prevents forgeries and fake fingertips. Now, <laughs> Better news, uh, the technology's chance of misrecognizing another person's fingerprint as the driver is only 1 in 50,000. What are my odds of winning the Powerball? Way less than that. Right. In the millions. So, I mean, my thing is, um, I, I get what they're saying. I do. Okay? I get the security aspect of it. Um, I'm just wondering, I mean, aside from, like, I like the fingerprint to start the vehicle. Mm-hmm. I like what that where's that where that is going, uh, but to unlock the vehicle is where I'm having issue, because if you've got because I've ha- I've test drove a few Hondas now mm-hmm. I think I had two or three, mm-hmm. um, two of them had the proximity, mm-hmm. so I mean it would unlock the car. I love that the keys never had to leave my pocket, mm-hmm. and then I would just you know press the start button, viole, we are going now. If they put on, um, if they decide to do the fingerprint, the only thing that I could understand with this, okay, this is another side feature. Um, they're hoping that to further expand on the application of the technology to allow the adjust- adjustment of like temperature, steering wheel position, and other feature sets similar to like your driver one, driver two 
type thing when you've got like the, you know, the adjustable seat. Mm -hmm. Um, And a lot of these newer cars, when you hit driver two, it will adjust your side mirror, Mm -hmm. your steering wheel. I mean, except for your rear view mirror. I've not, you know, because it's, that's not mechanical, Mm -hmm. but it will adjust the other things. Yeah. I mean, I still have a lot of questions. Like, for example, uh, is this an option? Hyundai doesn't say. It doesn't. Uh, what is the fail-safe if for some reason the system just doesn't work? Are you out of luck? Is there a fallback to either a key or a traditional proximity sensor or something like that? So many questions to find out. Um, the one thing I will say is that it does learn your fingerprint over time through what they call a, drama- a dynamic update system so that the system can continuously improve its success rate. So there's some there's some encouragement there but when we come back more tech with sasha after all what else is there keep it right there real facts real opinions real talk you're listening to roadworthy drive this is the fourth and final segment for this second hour of roadworthy drive Ken and Sasha here in studio just for you. Now, without any more delay, it's back to Tech with Sasha. Hey, guys. Okay, so I mentioned earlier that I had actually picked up this article on accident. I was cruising along my European slash worldwide um, automotive technology news. Did you have seatbelts since you were cruising? <laughs> I'm just checking. I just want to make sure you were I, cruising safely. I was cruising the World Wide Web from the safety of my office. Uh-huh. Were you doing speed limit? No. We uh-huh. never do the speed limit in my uh-huh. office. So, okay. Um, and I found originally found this from a UK par- paper that started talking about this system. And when I went to the actual... Hyundai's actual newsroom website website media website media website Uh they were talking about that with this particular vehicle we don't know a price we don't know um, if it's part of a package like a technology package or if it's standard Uh, we also don't know what markets it's going to be released in Uh, it just simply says that they have that it's going to roll out in certain markets in 2019 and in select markets in the first quarter of 2019 and that they're hoping to continue to implement and customize technology in the vehicle lineup. Um, They're also saying that with this particular one, it's also going to expand across their other platforms. Okay. So wait a minute, other platforms. So not just the Santa Fe, not just the Santa Fe. Okay. And did they give you a time handle for that? Again, nothing. For that. Okay. Nothing. So I guess. I mean, it's, and this was as of Christmas Eve. Mm-hmm. So December 24th, 2018. Mm-hmm. So this is literally um, groundbreaking. Or, yeah, because you know, we keep it on the edge, people, right, right here. Now they're saying that this is the, world for, the world's first fingerprint technology to be applied um, to their Santa Fe, 2019. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. However, currently, right now, there is a very simplified version of the fingerprint re- recognition included in the Bentley's. I'm not even going to try to pronounce that, but Bent- they're SUVs. Tayaga. Just, 
been tight anyway. Yeah. But the Bentley and right? the Bentley SUV. That's the Bentley need. SUV. Yeah. But it is only for the lockable storage compartment. What? Yeah. It's not to get into the car. It's not to start so, the car. So wait a minute. Let me get this straight. Mm-hmm. So Hyundai is introducing this on an SUV of theirs, which is probably thirty-five to forty-five thousand. Right. The Bentley SUV <laughs> is a factor of four to five times that cost yes sir and it only affects the glove box just well and they don't even say the glove box they just say a lockable storage container so compartment compartment so does that mean something that's maybe underneath the driver's seat or underneath the the feet of the passenger because we've seen those kind of compartments sometimes no idea Um, but it's interesting to note that Hyundai is groundbreaking in this in this way, and it's not Mercedes-Benz, and it's not BMW, or even Audi. But here's a question that I'm going to pose out there, because I could have sworn, and I did not find anything as of yet, I could have sworn that Bentley did a, a voice recognition to start the vehicle. And the only reason why I say that is because in the movie 2000... 12. Seriously? Shush your face. Yes. In the movie 2012, they get into, and I believe it was a Bentley, and he has everybody shut up, and he's like, start. You know, and and it starts. And I think it was an Audi, but I'll leave it at that. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it was one of those things where um, in my, and I wanted to kind of see what else was out there Mm -hmm. as far as, and would you call this like organic? Technology. I not mean, it's necess- not AI, but it's it's not AI, but you would call it uh, personalized. <laughs> you would yes, very personal, because if it's responding to voice commands, uh, in terms of starting, locking, etc., fingerprints, and, it, and you would have to have deep machine learning, uh, natural voice recognition, yeah, and some AI to make sure that somebody's not mimicking somebody else's voice. Trust me, if they've got that developed to where it would start a car, it would have made big news because right. there's so many variables. Uh, I mean, even other things uh, like uh, Google Voice, yeah. for example, oh, yes. which is still trying yeah. to figure out your voice. <laughs> it's way more complicated than you think. So I would say probably not. But you had something else speaking of AI. I did. Um, so I found this when I was actually trying to find whether Bentley actually had the voice recognition. And... The article states Kia Motors to unveil AI-based car responding to the feelings of passengers. Uh Uh-oh. Now, this again is breaking news. Uh, It was the 21st of December of this year. Mm -hmm. And basically, they're saying that South Korea's Kia Motors will showcase a novel concept car identifying the feelings of drivers and passengers to create a better mobility experience at the 2019 CES in January. But, but hold on a minute. Volvo and to a degree Ford. In fact, we talked about a Ford yes, Focus have. that uh, was set to different colors according on the driver's mood. Yep. Or how the driver was actually driving. So it's not exactly new. In fact, Ford was trying to go autonomously, if I recall, in Britain. Uh, with devising an autonomous vehicle that would communicate to the outsiders, pedestrians, other cars, etc. Right, she's mad, people. Uh, based on color or even using combinations of colors and symbols to tell motorists and others, uh, not even mood-based, but color and symbol-based, what the car was getting ready to do. Now, not to be confused with the, um, with the April Fool's joke, 
of the steering wheel. The Honda. Yeah, the Honda the Hon- steering horn. wheel. Yeah, right. No. Now, the other thing is, is that I want to point out, AI, as far as with our vehicles, is not a new thing because we've talked about how when it looks at the driver, it will detect if they droopy Drowsy. eyes yeah. and so on Artificial so. intelligence at work in your vehicle. At, all the time. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, for this, it says that it will monitor the driver's emotional state, such as their happy, angry, tailors of vehicles, interior according to that assessment. So I'm I'm thinking that this is like an autonomous vehicle. It looks like a cube with a hole in the middle. So let me get this straight. Yeah. If it's an autonomous vehicle, isn't the mood of the people inside moot? Not necessarily. Why would what? I care if the vehicle is acting independent of the mood of the driver, the driver or, or the passengers and or the riders in this case. Right. Road rage versus AI. Well, okay. What if they're trying to make a more comfortable experience? So you've got somebody who's agitated. So it will maybe, you know, dim the atmosphere, make the car more comfortable. Okay. But is it portraying this information on the outside of the car as well? I'm not seeing that they will give. It says optimized for human senses orientated for space for drivers in real time. Does not say anything that it would actually react like show on the outside and based on this concept the picture of it i'm not sure how unless it because literally it just looks like a cube with a hole in the middle oh my well that wraps up what we have to share for you this week be sure to tune in again same roadworthy time same roadworthy channel bye-bye bye Roadworthy Drive is a copyrighted presentation of the Roadworthy Drive radio network. Any rebroadcast, retransmission, or any other use is prohibited without the written consent of Roadworthy Drive Productions Incorporated.